0: Welcome to Skills USA's podcast. Today's my guest is Anthony Mitchell Junior. Anthony lives where do you tell us where you live, Anthony?
1: I am in Tupelo, Mississippi. A lot of people know Tupelo as the birthplace of Elvis, but it's a little small blip on the northeast corner of Mississippi, man. And have you did you grow up there? Is that where you've always been? Well, actually, I'm an Army brat, so a lot of times when I'm sharing the story, it's just, I tend to share it with whoever I'm talking with. So if you're from the South, then I'm from the South. If you're from up North, then I'm from up North. I've lived a little bit of everywhere, so I'm like a pot of gumbo. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty
0: good. My my dad wasn't in the military, but as, as his circumstances changed. We moved not so, not, not so drastically from North to South, but from West Virginia to Virginia and back again. So I understand that part being the new kid anyway. (laughs) So what were you, you said you were, your, your dad was in the army. Um, what were you like as a kid?
1: So I actually, both parents were army as a kid. I was probably a lot of people have a hard time believing this. I was shy and (laughs) I was introverted. Uh, I, but I was always into things. I was the kid that was looking at the clock and trying to figure out ma- what made it tick. So I was always breaking things apart and never able to fix it. So I was that child, <laughs> but I had a lot of friends, So which is like oxymoronical. How could you be introverted, but you still have a lot of friends? That's, that's what I was like as a kid. I like to believe that I was my parents' best child. They may have of course. a different store. <laughs> <Where>, or <laughs> the favorite, let's say that. But where do you uh, I I I didn't get in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah. Where do you fall on the birth uh, uh,
1: you know, are you oldest, middle? So I, I I'm the middle child, and as the middle child, I've got a lot of stories about the middle child syndrome, which if you <laughs> haven't heard it, the oldest kid gets all the love and the youngest gets all the attention and I'm just <laughs> there in the middle. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm middle too. My uh, although my younger brother was born when I was 13, so I was youngest for a long time. So I have all of the bad qualities of both. <laughs> okay, okay, I understand. So, reading your bio, and I, you know, I've known you since you were a teenager. But reading your bio, it, you were drawn to community service from a young age. What 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 do you think inspired that?
1: I, I think for us, for the first part. You know, I kind of mentioned briefly earlier that both parents were in the military. My mother is a immigrant. She came over from Jamaica in her teens. Okay. And uh, kind of that coming from a working class family where, you know, I seen their transition basically coming over, you know, doing what was required to get citizenship and then going from there, believing in the American dream, joining uh, the service and it kind of became a way of life because now when you're kind of in this melting pot of all of these different cultures and nationalities, uh, you see a lot of different situations. We had neighbors who devoted a lot of time to adopting kids and you get a chance to kind of hear these young people's stories from a young age, it kind of shapes you differently. And then mm-hmm. uh young age we got involved in the church, a youth leader saw something in me where maybe at the age of 14 or 15 I was made a youth leader. Okay. Uh, so from there, it just kind of started providing a foundation where I was a youth leader in the church. And then probably my sophomore year of high school, I got involved in career and trades uh, school. And one of my instructors said, hey, I got an opportunity for you. I'd really like for you to look at. It. So from there, the foundation was laid at home, right? We kind of were given this reality that, uh, worth living when you kind of give it to helping other people or kind of leading your mark, making someone else's life better. And then from there, it just kind of took a life of its own. Gotcha. Well, who
0: would you say were your big influences as a young man?
1: So my dad's family is from Alabama coincidentally. Uh, So my, one of my first biggest influences I remember for different reasons, was Martin Luther King because he's from an area a lot of my family is from. Okay. So uh, you know there were there were a lot of people that had personal stories from having you know marched with Dr. King to you know having seen him in Birmingham and. Having experienced it, I have uncles that are alive that took part in all of that. And then as well, early on, my dad would tell me a story. I don't know how true this is, but he would tell us that uh, Rosa Parks, who's actually from Alabama as well, was like a second cousin to us. So Mm -hmm. those were two of my favorite earlier uh, influences, as well as Nelson Mandela, because I hate to to be a a dinosaur and tell my age, but (laughs) (laughs) I was alive during those times when, you know, he was released from jail. So it's like, wow, you know, so a lot of these uh, are the uh, political figures as well as historical figures that started shaping a lot of my earlier narrative.
0: That's that's really interesting. So you've gotten, you, you have that um, that kind of helped drive some of your ideals and and your aspirations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you became in, involved in Skills USA. It was called Skills USA Vica back then, right?
1: Well, actually, I, oh man, you're gonna make me old again, Craig. But <laughs> I, it was it was Vica at the time. It was okay. beginning the transition of going from uh, Vica to Skills USA Vica. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how long I've been acquainted.
0: And and how did you get involved? You you mentioned an advisor got you into CTE.
1: What what trade was it? so i was i was involved in building trades first year we had a first year advisor, and the way i got involved was by mistake i, I know the story should be a little more glorious than this but <laughs> i got in by mistake so i was kind of like this salesman who everybody kind of liked and him being a new instructor he's coming in and he's wondering like hey I see this opportunity with Skills USA. He was involved a lot behind the scenes as a contractor. So he understood, you know, there are several platforms he worked with from uh, Mississippi Wheels of Learning, NCCER. So he was familiar kind of with the organization and he was like, Hey, I would like to get a group of guys together and take you guys to regional competition next year. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. You know, at the, at the time I thought I was young. I was, you know, energetic. I, you know, I had all these big plans, but. It didn't include skills USA at the time. So he said, I'll tell you what, I know you like to eat good food. If, if I'll pay your dues for you the first year, we'll have a barbecue. You'll enjoy it and you get a chance to meet some of the guys. So I'm like, fair enough. If I get a chance to eat a, a free steak for $10, listen, I'm there. So <laughs> they had a barbecue. I enjoyed it. Good deal. And now the very next year, he said, Hey, now you owe me something. And I was like, what is that? I just want you to come to regional. Do your best. I'm going to put you in job skills demonstration, and I'll help you put something together, and let's just have a good time. So, as far as I was concerned, all my whole involvement with Skills USA was a free barbecue at the end of the year. Okay. So I say by mistake, but it's the greatest mistake that's ever happened to me.
0: That's awesome. Did uh, so you competed at job
1: skill demonstration, and what 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 did you what was your job skill? So my job skill, uh, we put together a presentation. It was actually his presentation. He was actually going back to college at the time to finish getting us a, a particular degree. And he did a presentation on installing a duplex receptacle, which is nothing more than a house plug. It just sounds fancy. Yeah. And he was like, here's my presentation. Here's my speech. Tailor it to fit you. Let's go with it. So we went to regional competition. I didn't have much expectation because... Again, all I'm looking at is, hey, let's go ahead and get this free steak and chicken at the end of the year. Let's have a good time. (laughs) So we get to regional. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of kids there from other schools. And all of a sudden, that salesman light comes on. And it's like, hey, you know what? This may be fun after all. But I had no expectations, So I remember when we pulled up to the university, I said, God, listen, if I can just go in here, have a good time and not mess up, that's all I'm asking. Uh So we got in there to regional competition. And we had award ceremony that day. And ironically, I took first place in job skills demonstration with my presentation. And we moved on to the state level where, again, I'm still not having very high expectation because now this is state. Let's have a good time. Lord, if I can just... My prayer is, Lord, if I can just get in the top three, yeah. I will have felt like I far exceeded any expectation that I had to go along with this free barbecue I'm going to get at the end of the year, which <laughs> I keep preferencing because again, I like to eat, but got to state competition again, no high, no high expectations. And as I'm doing my demonstration, I'm in there and I get to the very end, of which for job skills demonstration, basically you have a certain allot of time, which is five to seven minutes mm-hmm. that you have to do your demonstration. So if you go under five minutes, you're docked so many points for every 30 seconds, I believe. And if you go over, you're docked. So I'm at like four minutes, 30 seconds, and I'm at the very end of my presentation. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and my presentation slightly messed up. And With that presentation messing up, I recovered very quickly. If you had never seen the presentation before, you probably would have never known that I messed up in that moment. But that moment when it messed up actually helped me to make my time, which I think I went like five minutes and three seconds. Uh So we get to the award ceremony that night, and my teacher's like, well, how did you think you did it? And I said, well, I I made it to state. He starts smiling, and he's laughing at me. He was like, well, that's all I really asked you to do was just do your best. And we get to the award ceremony in there, you know, going through third place, they don't call my name. So I'm like, okay, well, at least I did my best. Mm -hmm. They get to second place. They call another name and I'm like, well, you know, it was fun lasted. And when we get to first place, they call Anthony Mitchell from Carl Lofton career and technical center in a small town of Columbia, Mississippi. (laughs) And because this had never happened before. You know, we had never been very, uh, very involved with Skills USA. Mm-hmm. There was not a precedent for, you know, what to expect. So to get first place in my first try in, re- in, in regional as well as state, it's like now the expectations begin. And that's kind of how it got started for me. That, that's a great story. So went
0: to state, won gold. So did you go to nationals in job
1: skill? I did. Went to Nationals my first year. And, and Craig, uh, just to preface what I'm getting ready to say, Columbia, Mississippi is a very small town. We've got a population of maybe 7,000. Probably our favorite is Walter Payton, who played running back for the Chicago Bears. Wait, wait could you repeat that? Columbia, I kind of
0: lost, lost your audio okay. for
1: a second. Okay, our, our saving grace in Columbia, Mississippi, is the reality that Walter Payton, Okay. Former running back for the Chicago Bears was born and raised in Columbia, Mississippi. Outside of that, there's nothing else to link us to any other part of the world. Okay. So I say that to say this when I get to nationals, and there's over three thousand people from all over the world, and there are people from Guam and Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. My mind was blown. Uh-huh. You know, even though I was a military brat and I've seen things, this was unlike anything I've ever seen all together at one time yeah so the national experience in the beginning was very overwhelming for me mm-hmm.
0: and and and
1: so you went to nationals
0: you competed but that wasn't the year you 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 took the medal right
1: no it was not what it was for me it kind of laid the foundation that was before all of the bright lights and the whistles and mm-hmm. all of the eccentric things I began to get known for at the national level. That was before all that. I was just this uh this quiet, introspective kid who's now seeing this opportunity that I feel like could ever change my life, right? So at the time, minimum wage being was was five fifteen an hour. You know, chances of me living in Columbia and probably making seven dollars an hour the rest of my life was probably my reality. Mm -hmm. But when I first went to national the very first year and I'm seeing this gigantic opportunity and it's like, instantly I'm like, hey, this is what I want a part of. Like, this can forever change my life. I'm speaking with a lot of young people from all over the world. And they're telling me about all these opportunities that they've been blessed with. It's like, wow. It it really opened the world outside of my window. So, no, that wasn't the year I won a medal, but that was the year that the fire was started. And subsequently, I came back to nationals four more years after that. And it was in 2005 that I I actually changed events. It's like, hey, this is my final year. I may never see this opportunity again. You know, I didn't want to start a goal now because once I experience the national level, I would have felt unfulfilled having gone to the national level and not ultimately hitting the goal, which was winning gold. Mm -hmm. Um, 2004 was an Olympic year. I took a lot of that fire with me into 2005, uh, which now I've I've transitioned into prepared speech and took second in the nation. There was actually a three-way tie for first place. Oh, wow. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah, (laughs) the competition was that close for first through third and i got a chance to stand on that national stage and actually you took the picture and i still have that picture it's a a defining moment for me and so when you're in i think we was it camper arena yes where we would have the i would say so when you're when you're in the opening ceremony and you know you're just getting in there the first night And uh, we're going through all the ceremonies and everybody's on the stage and the floors and they're bouncing balls and (laughs) waving their flags and showing pride in who they are. That really sets a tone because you realize, hey, in this moment, just the fact that I've gotten here to national, I'm part of the top one to three percent of my national organization. So just within getting there is a very high prize. Yeah but then when you're on that stage and they call your name in front of what we would consider to be the cream of the crop who were the best representation their state had to offer that year, when they call your name, it's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. It's mind blowing. So everybody's finally cheering for you. And it's like, wow. So with that said, as you get on stage, um, and everybody's taking pictures and they're hugging and there's so much love between the contestants because hey everybody realizes how much work went into getting here and then when you get on the stage and they call your name again and everybody joins hands and we get in our poses and you know we hold up that medal that you want to cry yeah. <laughs> but you can't cry at that moment and you know now so forever whenever we talk about these events whatever you took part in it's like hey We can't talk about prepared speech without that being personal to me. We can't talk about Skills USA without now all the blood, sweat, and tears having been personified in this medal that when I'm in high schools now, we still talk about that, still talk about those moments because now I understand how much sacrifice uh, goes into just that level of excellence. So that was really a defining moment for me. So even now in my professional career, as I'm out and about and I'm talking to different people, just the self confidence or the self esteem, my sense of worth that came from the personal development that skills you would say, allowed me to put it myself. You know, it, it just gives me a confidence unlike anything else that I can quantify in words. So that's an amazing, experience. that's where it's a defining moment. Yes, sir. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, it, it's, it's gotta, you know, it's gotta change your life in a lot of ways. So from there, you've continued to be involved in leadership organizations. You've done stuff with Habitat for Humanity, United Way, even DECA,
1: big brother, big yes, sir. sister. What, yes, sir. what What kind
0: of things were you doing with them?
1: So with Habitat for Humanity, I've actually uh, worked in three different cities, Birmingham, Alabama, Wichita Falls, Texas, and uh, Poplarville, Mississippi. We've built three different homes okay. to uh, to you know, kind of help those who are less beneficial. But I guess for myself, now that i you know have been trained and and the building trades when i'm on a habitat it's like hey automatically i people are like hey can we put you over the sheetrock crew or can we put you over the framing crew because they see that leadership already Mm -hmm. and you know i've done those things with that so like with big brother big sister i volunteered as a mentor to be a big brother um united way uh something i was always keen on doing i would donate which like five percent of my yearly income Mm -hmm. to um to United Way because I mean especially at that time there was a lot of national disasters that was going on there was a big one that hit down in Haiti I think it was maybe two thousand eight or nine and you know so I always wanted to have done my portion and then we were seeing a lot of numbers from when the recession hit about people who were now experiencing homelessness For the first time or you know a lot of families that were unable to provide toys for their kids during the holidays you know that's something that i would never want to experience and i didn't want anyone else to experience it so we did a lot with habitat for humanity and then from there um have worked with some drug and rehab facilities okay uh learned a lot of those stories but uh, again everything that i've done even now my wife and i were youth pastors all of that confidence all of that passion that drive started with the confidence I got from Skills USA,
0: And of course, you're still involved as an alumni. I know you've helped in uh, in judging competition and um, working as an active alumni member.
1: Correct, correct. So with that said, I have made myself available to some of the local schools here in the Mississippi area, as well as I extended to the Memphis, on the ten- Memphis, Tennessee area. I've extended out there as well. So I, I've lent my services. I've volunteered, hey, if you guys need me, I'm here. If you don't need me, fine. Maybe next year. Yes, sir. You're
0: a quality assurance technician for a roofing company, right? Correct. Correct.
1: What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. Wow. You know, that's like, (laughs) you know, I think all of us probably need a position that sounds more important than what it really is, (laughs) and (laughs) that's kind of what the quality assurance uh designation is basically what it is uh I work for a company known as Duralast roofing we are a manufacturer of flat roofing products it's a pvc based product okay um and it actually i have tried to kind of push an alliance there between duralast and skills usa because obviously there's a lot of synergy there but um on the quality assurance side when we manufacture product and it goes out to our contractors who install the products you know we have a lot of national chains from chick-fil-a to wendy's mcdonald's Mm -hmm. a lot of the buffalo wild wings we're on auto zones we're on a lot of our flat roofing uh a lot of flat roofing places hotels schools it's our job now to go out and we inspect the product. We make sure everything's done according to specifications. And, you know, we're making sure we're not only putting the best product out in the field, but that when it's installed, we're getting optimal usage out of it. Okay. And
0: as if you didn't have enough to do, you're part of the Tennessee Air National Guard.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I and I got a late start. It's so funny. In two thousand and five, when I did my prepared speech that was award winning, there was actually a a national a National Guard recruit on the Army side okay. that listened to my presentation and he met me outside. He's like, Listen, I'm not giving you any inside information, but from the military side, from the skills that I just saw you exemplify, I think that there may be a career there you know, which in 2005, we were still having gone through the twin towers, sure. and different things, the bombings and a lot of national security things were changing. Um, so at that point, I was kind of reluctant to join. But then as I, maybe a few years later in 2008, 2009, I began to knock on the door on the air force side. Okay. And I kept knocking and then I got married and then I moved. And then it was like, you know, at the time wasn't beneficial. So then I got to a point where it was like, you know what? It's either now or never. I'm no longer spring chicken. So having grown up in the military, I probably never would have thought I would have missed certain parts of it from the friendships, to the travel, to the benefits that come with, you know, the security for providing for family. So it was like, oh, you know, I want to be in the military, but I don't want to do it full time. Mm-hmm. So I I hosted a youth event and a master sergeant from the Air National Guard came at it, And I was like, Air National Guard, what is that? never heard of that and then i found out that it's a it's a well-kept secret of the air force or the army just depending on which branch you join and i got involved in 2016
0: okay yeah i thought i remember seeing those pictures of you and i was like what happened here what's he doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know and my mom said the same thing because she's also she's a disabled vet and uh you know she served in desert storm okay. operations during freedom she spent nine months over, so you know, just from her experiences, um, she was probably a little more reluctant for me to join as uh-huh. a son and 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 the current climate. However, you know, with the Air National Guard, it did a lot of research and uh, took the ASVAB. And when I scored the ASVAB, I I was blessed to have qualified for some very good jobs, which I'm in avionics, which is like something I knew nothing about before the time. And um, haven't seen any deployments, have done some pretty good T D Y. So when I did my first PT test, Craig, I had the same question, what am I doing? <laughs> well, I didn't quite mean it <laughs> like that, but I was just, I thought, I mean, I knew,
0: like I knew when you were in high school. So I thought, gosh, this seems like late, but, <laughs> but no, we're very late. The the nation is very grateful for, for you uh, and, and folks like you who are able to to pick up that um, that that part of the service and 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 to to serve us in that way, it's it's d- deeply appreciated. But um, and and I can't remember now if I read if I'm just reading this from my page or if you said it. But you're you're an avionics technician. Yes, sir. So what, what does that that just mean? You work on aircraft.
1: So it's it's a special it's a specialized craft. So anytime you if you've ever gotten an opportunity to sit in the cockpit. Mm-hmm there are several rudders and pedals and things that do certain things when you move them certain ways okay so like if you're moving them are flight control surfaces on your wings and your tails that are doing certain movements all of those are electronically controlled we work on those specific flight control electronics so it's basically like saying aircraft electronics oh
0: okay yeah that makes sense yes sir wow mm-hmm. that's you you uh you um you remind me of a juggler. You you keep a lot of balls in the air at the same time. You're you're always moving, and these things are all. And this isn't even all of it. The the, the <laughs> we haven't even gotten to uh, the youth camp stuff that you you've done. You you got married, um, well you became an outreach director in '08, right? Correct. A, a youth outreach director. Correct. Yes, uh, sir. And and maybe just for my sake and and those who might not
1: know, what does that entail? So at the time in 2008, I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, working for Coca-Cola, and I found the church home and got involved, and the pastor was like, you know what, we would like to place you over the youth. And meaning for that, it's, you know, my responsibility now to kind of uh, start developing things for the youth, whatever the needs may be. So in our community, uh, maybe some of the kids might not have been blessed with financial opportunities to have as much to start back with school, like backpacks and things, so as an outreach director, we take that challenge for now providing back to school events or maybe if some of the kids were experiencing issues with truancy now, you know, we're trying to forge connection and relationship in the community where maybe we can expose the kids to what's coming if maybe certain directional paths are changing. Let's say this child, these children are performing highly in school, Well, maybe now let's start providing them with college options or career skills, life options um, that they can kind of further their path so kind of as an outreach director you're kind of more in line with uh finding the needs for those for the kids that kind of serve under you and doing all you can to help them get the best out of whatever that opportunity may be that's that's a, a great work and
0: now Moving forward, you, you you met your wife, who was the pastor's daughter, is that correct?
1: Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and it's just so crazy. So I, as I mentioned before, I started off in the church fourteen, fifteen, as a youth leader, and I was also a musician in the church. And I probably got burned out, and I was like, you know what, <sighs> once I get to college, I'm going to let my hair down a little bit and just just have a little fun and i never in a million years saw myself <laughs> marrying a pastor's <laughs> daughter and ironically she's been a youth pastor since she was 15 so okay. when i first met her i knew none of this oh wow okay i just kind of more or less knew her i was actually wanting to write an inspirational book at the time which again i'm all scattered craig i've got a lot of a lot of ideas but yeah. sometimes not enough time And then as she was like, well, Hey, I've written several books, let's talk about this. And as I began to talk with her in our initial conversation, I was like, you know what? I think I like her a little bit, (laughs) you know? So the conversation became less about writing a book and more about, um, maybe dating a little bit going out. And then that conversation, of course, advanced to where we begin to transition into marriage. And then our ministries, our life works begin to become intertwined and, um, just kind of basically just took off from there.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like that that you had a certain um, synergy together that you were able to combine your your shared ideals and 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 passions to create some new things. Um, you you created something called a back to school summer bash. What was that about?
1: Right. So in Birmingham, I began having the back to school summer bash, which was a or back to school event, which is called something else. And then when I moved to Tupelo, actually, our pastors pitched the idea. Now, they were a little unfamiliar with my background, like a lot of the things I had done. Mm-hmm. So when they pitched the idea, they're like, hey, we're wanting to have this back to school event. And they had kind of passed the idea around to different people in the church. And uh, just for whatever reason, I had probably, when I heard the opportunity, because that was, you know, something I really loved doing, I was like, hey, I would like to take this on. And, uh, again, I was very new to Tupelo. I had just moved. For, I think this was 2014. I just moved to Tupelo. Uh, just started, you know, with our present ministry. So even though our in-laws, you know, they're still pastors as well. And, may, again, they weren't familiar with my background. So, you know, maybe there was a little apprehension there. So me being me, I, like <laughs> I've had several teachers tell me, hey, you could sell bubblegum to the lock jaw when you (laughs) really set your mind to it. I took that to task, and I got out in the city, started talking with different corporations, businesses. Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to provide, you know, backpacks, different things, And and I don't know how this happened. There were people as far away as Texas and Missouri that saw what we were doing, and they also came in, and they brought tents, and you know, school supplies, our church provided school supplies. Some of the, several of the local businesses provided school supplies. And we probably had about 300 people show up. Okay. You know, some of the organizations came out with, you know, different, uh, fun activities for the kids to do. We had speakers from like American Family Radio, which is also here in Tupelo. They came. Several professional athletes came out, spoke with the kids. We had a couple of officers came out, interacted. So it started as, you know, just an idea. And then it became like this encompassing event that's in the community. We have a live band that's out having fun. The news is there. And I'm like, wow. But it all came from an idea. So 2014, it was a back-to-school summer bash. 2015, it was part two of the summer bash, where now we're wanting to introduce um, the job market. So we asked some of the local unemployment offices, hey, if you'll come in, talk about some of the jobs that are available. Let's incorporate that as well with, you know, having a college and career fair. And then from there, it's, it's just morphed into something else every year till we're now, starting in 2016, we transitioned in, into having a free NFL youth and moms camp. Okay. So the back to school started out as a way to provide needed supplies
0: and goods for kids going back to school who maybe don't have all of the opportunities. And then it morphed into the job fair and now you've added the football element. Yes, sir. And what I know a little bit about this, but tell me what, what do you do at the football camp? It's a NFL youth foot. I'm sorry, NFL youth and
1: mom's camp. Yes, sir. So what we do, we have, I, I've we formed a partnership with a man named Eric Matthews, who, uh, you know, I'm a 49er fan. Let me preface this, but he's a Green Bay Packer. He played for the Packers he was <laughs> okay. on the 97 Super Bowl winning team. And, I want to rewind the story a little bit because this is how we actually got connected. Um, 2016, we had an event in May called a day in the park and it's kind of like our back to school summer bash, but it's, it's outdoors again, live band. We've got military out. We've got a lot of the, uh, the youth sporting leagues that have come out and we had a a football player that played with the New Orleans Saints and I'll come out, I'll do some things with the kids. Um, the memphis redbirds who are an affiliate of the st louis cardinals they came down so it's just, it's kind of like this blending of our back to school summer event okay but then now we're having uh vendors out that are serving food uh serving ice cream uh, serving barbecue serving chicken wings we're having a basketball camp going uh the local one of the local high school coaches came out and he did a basketball segment one of the local coaches came out and did a football segment. So we're merging all of this together. The fire department is out. It's a very good family-oriented event. And um, Mr. Mr. Moore, this took up so much of my time, I probably finally reached a burnout. Okay. And I was like, wow. It's fulfilling to watch, but I poured out a lot of energy making it happen. So the very next day at church, our pastor was like, hey, I was really impressed with what we did in the community yesterday. Anthony, if you don't mind, can you stand up and can you talk about it to the church? Just kind of tell everything that happened. So I just gave a brief play-by-play about, hey, yesterday, this is what we did in the community. This is all who came out, supported, and this was the turnout. And we had a visitor in church that day. And she listened to it. She listened to it. And immediately after church was over, she came up to me and she's like, Hey, listen, I was listening to everything you were saying. And I want to introduce you to somebody. I've got a cousin who played football for the Green Bay Packers. And he's been asking to come to Mississippi to to do something. And I've never known who to connect him with. But when I heard you speaking, I just felt the instant connection. So from that event, the very next month <laughs> the very next month wow. mind you i'm burned out already but it's like hey let's six weeks let's plan a big football camp <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> so we we planned a camp eric brought out four guys with them and um you know we had probably 40 or 50 kids that turned out free event they went through they went through football skills uh non-contact Uh, it's kind of like a day of play situation where it's not just about football. It's, it's a vet for both boys and girls when they get out, they have fun, they interact with these guys. And then after it's over, they have a mentorship moment where now they're talking about not the importance of sports per se, but more of the reality that you need to either get a trade and get education okay? because that's where it's going to start because, uh, the young man, Eric Matthews, who we've partnered with, he played four years in the NFL, um, he was on the fast track to running track actually in the Olympics, and he blew out an ACL okay so this young man that ran astronomically fast, maybe a four or two, now has had a career injury, and the whole course of his life is changing so it 's less about the football and more about the fact that he positioned himself through getting a bachelor degree and getting a trade to where now he 's able to do more with his life that football has ended and that 's the kind of things we 're doing, and then we 're also giving the kids resources like we've got uh, a partnership with visa practical money skills we give out a lot of resources that teach financial literacy um, yeah we've had a really good report with a lot of the colleges they'll send resources like uh, brochures out um, pens pencils all kind of things to give out to the kids so that while we're having fun and we're learning these things it's like hey let us also give you something that's going to help you further on in life regardless of what you do so that's what we've done with this camp we've also tried to hit high topic Um, such as bullying or, um, you know, character development. You know, a lot of times we'll want to know what the kids are doing. Um, You know, maybe if you have a young man that might be exhibiting certain traits that might not help him down the road, sometimes we'll break apart and we'll mentor that child one-on-one to make sure he realizes that, hey, you do have a place in society, but in order to manifest that, this is what you have to do to get the best out of your experience. Well, you're given a gift that is like, invaluable
0: even i mean you even break down any part of this to one thing like let's say financial skills that was something i could have used when i was 16 17 years old and um didn't know anything about credit or any of that stuff so you, you you're doing some amazing work have you
1: gotten good feedback
0: from the community
1: we have um and honestly the best feedback i think i've gotten In 2018, we went to Columbus Air Force Base, and uh, right before that happened, uh, the 155th, which basically encompasses the whole state of Mississippi, was given a deployment assignment and shipped out. So when we went to Columbus Air Force Base and we put this on, it it was a tremendous opportunity to give back also to my military friends and family. Mm -hmm. But... We never realized that a lot of the mothers that would be at that event, a lot of their husbands were deployed. Okay. You know, that's kind of like the greatest feedback when a mother comes to you and she's like, hey, my, my husband has boots in the sand right now. And we really thank you for putting this together because now it's taken my son or my daughter's mind off of the reality that their father is gone that he's serving this country. They don't see. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. So when you're getting that kind of feedback and that kind of parent is telling you, thank you, that is worth its weight in gold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine it is. It's, it's just, it's, you you may never know the impact that you've had um, in a, in a, in a real way, but you're definitely making one and it's, it's an impressive thing. and, and, we're all grateful, everyone should be grateful to for what you're doing. We need more of this in, in the country and and as well as the, the 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 stuff that you mentioned about some of the other the other parts of it that where you're teaching financial literacy, career choices, and even involving career and technical education. If you had a um, if you had like a thirty second or thirty to sixty seconds to talk to a kid who might not be sure about what he wants to do and, and to to tell him about career and technical education and and what it could do
1: for him or her what 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 would you say? My reality is now looking back, I never realized how fast life was going to start for me once that diploma was placed in my hand. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say a lot of times we we plan to fail if we fail to plan. Mm -hmm. And the greatest plan you could have is the investment you're going to put in your life today. Don't wait until you're in a circumstance later on in life where you feel like you're in a dead end situation. Take the time now to make a positive investment. Get a trade. We've seen even with the coronavirus that it's the people that have had trades that have been considered essential and they have not stopped working. Anytime you have a trade, I promise you, you will never go without. There's always a high demand on people who have a technical trade in their hand, a health occupational trade. There's a high demand for it. The market, regardless of what's going on, is not dictated by it. Take this opportunity to realize you can make an impact, but it starts with this choice and decision that you're going to make right now to get something that's gonna benefit you as well as your community.
0: Well, thank you, Anthony, for your time today. Um, Our guest today has been Anthony Mitchell Jr. Who has shared with us his journey and it's ongoing and
1: we appreciate your time. So thank you so much, Mr. Craig. I thank you for having me on. It's truly an honor. (laughs) And you know, 20 been involved with skills, you will say now 22 years. So 22 years in having an opportunity to come back and speak with you, you get taken several pictures of me through the years that have meant so much. I am eternally grateful for this moment of seeing my, journey return back full circle well thank
0: you really really appreciate it and join us next time for skills usa's podcast